Welcome to Zichud Avsi. My name is Rabbi Avram Goldhar, and today we're Zechus Psachim Daf Lamed. So the three points we're going to focus on: number one, the Gemara introduces the Machlokas Rav and Shmuel regarding earthenware pots that were used for cooking chametz before Pesach. Rav said, "Kederes bePesach Yeshabru." Earthenware pots used for chametz must be broken before Pesach. Rashi explains, Rav holds a Yehuda that chametz after Pesach is asibahana, and that such leftover chametz will forbid a mixture of a similar kind. And although it will be a case of no tum of gum, it will impart a rancid flavor, Rav holds that it's still usser. The Gemara asks why Rav doesn't permit using the pots after Pesach with food, shalobiminam, that it's not of its kind, and answers that Rav was gozer lest people come to prepare with them with food that is bimino, of its kind. Shmuel says that the pots don't need to be broken, but rather one can keep them for after Pesach, whereupon he can prepare food with them, ben bimino, ben shalobiminam, whether of its kind or not. Shmuel rules in accordance with Rabbi Shimon, who says that mixtures are permitted, after Pesach. Point number two, the Gemara brings up rice that states, Ein as isa We may not need dough with milk, and if one did so, the entire bread made from that dough is forbidden. Since it might lead to sin, meaning that one may come to eat the bread with meat. Similarly, we may not grease an oven with the fatty tail of a sheep, and if one did so, the entire bread in the oven is forbidden until one fires up the oven to burn away the fat. This implies that if the oven is fired up, the bread baked in it subsequently is permitted because the meat flavors in the oven are purged through the firing. So the Gemara asks on Rub, brought in point number one, that why does Rub say to break the earthenware pots? One can instead just burn the chametz out of them. The Gemara answers that the above case was referring to a metal oven, whereas Rub was referring to earthenware. Alternatively, both were earthenware, but in the above case it was a stove which is fired on the inside where the heat is more intense, whereas Rub's case was a pot which is fired from the outside. The Gemara brings a third answer. And point number three, the Gemara discusses the kushering of kalim for Pesach. Knives used for chametz, both the handle and the blade, need to be kushered with boiling water and in a klirishon. Rav Huna Breda Rav Yeshua said, eats power wooden mixing spoons, magil baroschin ubeklirishon. One purges in boiling water and in a klirishon. The Gemara notes that he holds kabol kachpoto in the manner that the kli absorbs the flavor, it expels it. Maremar said that regarding an earthenware vessel, that it never leaves its state of defectiveness, meaning whatever it has absorbed can never be successfully purged. And point number three, the Gemara discusses the kashering of kalim for Pesach. Knives used for chametz, both the handle and the blade need to be kashered, with boiling water and in a klirishon. Rav Huna Breda Rav Yeshua said, it's parur, wooden mixing spoons, magil baroschin ubeklirishon, one purges in boiling water and in a klirishon, the Gemara notes that he holds kabol kachpoto in the manner that the kli absorbs the flavor, it expels it. Maremer said that regarding an earthenware vessel, that it never leaves its state of defectiveness, meaning whatever it has absorbed can never be successfully purged. And it was said in the name of Shmuel that all kelim that were used for chametz while it's cold, one may use for matzah on Pesach, except for a sourdough holder, since the fermentation is intense, which causes the chametz to enter the kli. So once again, the three points are number one. The Gemara introduces the Malchokas Rav and Shmuel regarding earthenware pots that were used for cooking chametz before Pesach. Rav said, Kederos Pesach Yeshabru, earthenware pots used for chametz must be broken before Pesach. Rush explains the Rav holds like Rabbi Yehuda that chametz after Pesach is Asr and that such leftover chametz will forbid a mixture of similar kind. And although it will be a case of no tum with gum, it will impart a rancid flavor, Rav holds it still Asr. The Gemara asks why Rav doesn't permit using the pots after Pesach with food that's not of its kind, and answers that rub is gozer lest people come to prepare them with food that is bimino, of its kind. Shmuel says that the pots need not be broken, but rather one can keep them for after Pesach, 
whereupon he can prepare food with them, ben benmino, ben shalom benmino. Shmuel rules on according to Rabbi Shimon, who says that mixtures are permitted after Pesach. Point number two, the Gemara brings a brice that states, in lashin as the isabachalav, we may not need dough with milk, and if one did so, the entire bread made from that dough was forbidden, since it might lead to sin, meaning that one may come to eat it with meat. Similarly, we may not grease an oven with the fatty tail of a sheep, and if one did so, the entire bread in the oven is forbidden until one fires up the oven to burn away the fat. This implies that if the oven is fired up, the bread baked in it subsequently is permitted because the meat flavors in the oven are purged through the firing. The Gemara asks on Rav, brought in point number one, that why does Rav say to break the earthenware pots? One can said just burn the chametz out of them. The Gemara answers that the above case was referring to a metal oven, whereas Rav is referring to an earthenware one. Alternatively, both were earthenware, but in the above case, it was a stove, which is fired on the inside where the heat is more intense, whereas Rub's case was a pot, which is fired from the outside, and the Gemara brings a third answer. And point number three, the Gemara discusses the kashering of kaling for Pesach. Knives used for chametz, both the handle and the blade need to be kashered, with boiling water and in a klirishon. Rav Huna Breda Rav Yeshua said, eats power, wooden mixing spoons. Magil baroschin uveklirishon. One purges in boiling water and in a klirishon. The Gemara notes that he holds kabol kachpoto. In the manner that the kli absorbs the flavor, it expels it. Maremar said that regarding an earthenware vessel, that it never leaves its state of defectiveness, meaning whatever it has absorbed can never be successfully purged. And was said in the name of Shmuel that all can that were used for chametz, while it is cold, one may use for matzah on Pesach, except for a sourdough holder since the fermentation is intense, which causes the chametz to enter the vessel. All right, so now we go to our Simfer Daf Lamed, and our standard Simfer Daf Lamed is a Malamed, is a Rebbe, a teacher. So here goes. The Rebbe had his class volunteer to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach were free, as people wait in line to have the ovens fired up and to do Hagalah's Kaling. Once again, slow motion. The Rebbe, Rebbe, that must be more on Daf Lamed for Malamed. The Rebbe had his class volunteer to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach for free, which reminds us that it's Malchokas Rav and Shmuel whether earthenware pots used for chametz before Pesach need to be broken. Rav says they do, as he rules like Rabbi Yehuda, the chametz after Pesach is Asr Bahana, and that such leftover chametz will forbid a mixture of similar kind, and although it will be a case of no centum of gum, it will impart a rancid flavor. Rav holds that it's still Asr. And Shmuel says they do not need to be broken, as he rules like Rabbi Shimru holds that mixtures after Pesach are permitted after Pesach. So the Rebbe and his class volunteer to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach for free, as people wait in line to have the ovens fired up, which reminds us we may not need dough with milk, and if one did so, the entire bread made from that dough is forbidden, since it might lead to sin, meaning that one may come to eat it with meat. Similarly, we may not grease an oven with the fatty tail of a sheep, and if one did so, the entire bread in the oven is forbidden until one fires up the oven, to burn away the fat. This implies that if the oven is fired up, the bread baked in it subsequently is permitted because the meat flavors in the oven are purged through the firing. So the Rebbe and his class volunteered to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach were free, as people wait in line to have their ovens fired up and to do Haggala's kalim. Which reminds us that the Gemara discusses the cushioning of kalim, such as knives, wooden spoons, earthenware vessels, and that kalim used with hummus while it's cold can be used for matzah on Pesach. So once again, the Rebbe had his class volunteer to smash anyone's earthenware pots before Pesach were free, as people wait in line to have their ovens fired up and to do Haggala's Kalim. All right, now it's time for a four-block-back Chazorah. Dav Chavav. So the symbol Chavav is a military coup. So here goes. The troops, the troops, that must be one Dav Chavav, military coup. The troops hiding the shade of the Heichal wall, which reminds us that from the fact that Rabbi Yochum and Zaka would sit in the shade of the Heichal, and teach Torah to the masses is not a proof that Rabbi Yehuda holds that in the case of Dolav Shebechamechavin, that what is unavoidable but one intends to enjoy is permitted. 
As Rav explained, the benefiting of the shadow cast for the Heichel is different. The Lesocho Asui, because the Heichel is made primarily as protection for what's inside of it. Therefore, the shade it provides to what is outside of it is deemed an unusual form of benefit, and therefore it's permitted. So the troops hiding the shade of the Heichel wall were enjoying the base of Mikdash sounds, appearance, and aromas, which reminds us that Rapapa explained that what Bar Kampara meant when he said the sound, appearance, and aroma are not subject to Mi'ua was Kol Umara the sound of musical instruments, and the appearance of the Heichel are not subject to Mi'ua because they have no substance, and the Reach from the Katoris after its column of smoke rises is not subject to Mi'ua, since its required procedure has been done, and Rashi explains that Mi'ua only applies to Kachi Hashem, the Holies of Hashem, and once the mitzvah has been done and the smoke rises, the aroma is no longer considered Kachi Hashem. So the troops hiding the shade of the Heichel wall were enjoying the base of Mikdash sounds, appearance, and aromas, while blowing up new ovens in the distance that were fired up with oral appeals. Which reminds us, the Gemara resolved the contradiction between two prices, where one said a new oven that was fired up with oral appeals needs to be smashed, and the second prices stated that it just required cooling down before the next use. The first price was going according to Rabbi Eliezer, who holds Zev Zegorim Aser. The joint project of forbidden and permitted causes is forbidden. The forbidden cause is the initial forbidden oral appeals contained in the oven, and the permitted cause is the subsequent permitted wood. The second price reflects the opinion of the Rabbanon who hold Zev Zegorim Mutter, the joint product of forbidden, and permitted causes is permitted. Dav Chavzain, so the similar Dav Chavzain is a kazoo. The agitated father who had enough of the buzzing sound tried to burn his son's kazoo. Kazoo? That must be one of Chavzayan. The agitated father who had enough of the buzzing sound tried to burn his son's kazoo on flickering coals, which reminds us of one cooked bread over the coals of forbidden substances, such as clay karim straw. All agreed that the bread is permitted to be eaten. There are two different opinions given, one in the name of Shmuel and one in the name of Rabbi Yochan. One said, the bride's only referred to smoldering coals, but loaves baked over flickering coals are forbidden according to Rabbi who holds Shvach Eitz Bapas. The improvement of the wood is contained in the bread. If the coals are still flickering, then the fuel is not considered completely burnt up and it's still forbidden. The other one said, even loaves baked over flickering coals are permitted according to everyone. According to this opinion, Rebbe would forbid the bread when the flame is opposite it during the baking, since the heat is still emanating from intact wood. So the agitated father who had enough of the buzzing sound tried to burn his son's kazoo on flickering coals from hectish wood consecrated to purchase shlami. Which reminds us, Rav Chiz was asked what the luck is according to the Rabban who permit bread that was baked with kaya karam or atse orla in a case of an oven that one fired up with hectish wood and then one baked bread in it. He ruled that the bread baked in it is forbidden. Rapapa explained that the hectish wood does not become chulun through an act of me'ila because this was a case where the wood was consecrated for the purchase of shlamim, which is invested with the equivalent kedusha of a shlamim. And Rav Chizu was asked what the halach was according to the view of Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that shlamim are not subject to me'ila and do not become chulun. So the agitated father who had enough of the buzzing sound tried to burn his son's kazoo on flickering coals from hectish wood consecrated to purchase shlamim. Because he followed the opinion of those that hold kazoos only stop working when they're burned in a fire. Which reminds us that Rabbi Yehuda attempted to prove his view that chametz must be burned in fire by bringing a kavachomer from Nosar. If Nosar, which is not subject to the prohibitions of Baal Yura or Baal Yamatzah, yet requires elimination through burning, then chametz, which is subject to those prohibitions, kavachomer should require elimination through burning. The Chachamim countered called Din Shatadan Chilasu Lahachmir, the Sofa Lahakel Enodin, any kavachomer that is initially advanced to apply stringency, but whose end result is a leniency, is not valid. According to this Kavachomer, if one cannot find wood to burn the chametz, there'd be a leniency. They just have to do the mitzvah of Tashbisu. Therefore, it's not a correct Kavachomer. Dav Chavches, the Simmer Dav Chavches is a strong man. The strong man, strong man, that must be more Dav Chavches. 
the strong man showing off his strength by crumbling chametz in one hand while grinding a vodazor in the other, which reminds us that the chametz disagreed with Rabbi Yehud regarding burning chametz and stated, He crumbles the chametz and scatters it to the wind or casts it into the sea. And the Gemara inquired if that means the chametz must be crumbled whether it's thrown into the wind or cast into the sea, or means they must crumble it to scatter it to the wind, but he may cast it into the sea intact. An apparel inquiry was made regarding a mission that discusses destroying Avodah Zorah using similar language. Rabba holds that the Avodah Zorah being thrown to the Yamamelch doesn't require grinding, but Hametz thrown to the rivers does. Rav Yosef says the opposite. The Avodah Zorah, which doesn't dissolve, requires grinding, but Hametz that does dissolve does not require crumbling. So the strong man showing off his strength by crumbling Hametz in one hand while grinding Avodah Zorah in the other was embarrassed when he was told that the Hametz belonged to a Nachri, which reminds us that the next Mishnah states, Hametz shall Nachri of a Pesach Chametz belonging to a Nachri after Pesach has passed is Mutter Bahana. While Yisrael Asr Bahana, but Chametz that belonged to a Jew over Pesach is Asr Bahana. Or, as it says, Lavan shall not be seen to. Rashi cites the Gemara's conclusion that the Pasuk cite as the reason for the ruling, meaning that the Jew's Chametz is forbidden because he's penalized after having transgressed the prohibition against having it in his possession over Pesach. So the strong man showing off his strength by crumbling chametz in one hand while grinding a vodazor in the other was embarrassed when he was told that the chametz belonged to a nachri and that he better relearn the three shitas regarding the iser chametz. Which reminds us that it's a three-way machos between Rabbi Yudah Rabbi Shimon and Yossi Aglili regarding when chametz is aser and what one is liable for. Dav Chavtes. So the symbol Dav Chavtes is a cot. The chametz enthusiast who kept nachri chametz under his cot. Cot? That must be more Dav Chavtes. The Chametz enthusiast who kept Nachri Chametz under his cot, which reminds us, Rabbi Yaakov said that the Mishnah Dav Chav Chesam and Alf reflected the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. And he derives a prohibition of leaven regarding eating from the prohibition of leaven regarding seeing, meaning that just as one is restricted from seeing his Chametz, but he may see the Chametz of Nachri and Hekdish, so too only your leaven you may not eat, but one may eat that of Nachri and Hekdish. In fact, continues Rabbi Yaakov, the Mishnah should have stated that Nachri's Chametz is permitted to be eaten during Pesach. But since it stated that Jews' chametz is Asr Bahana after Pesach, it contrasted it with the Nachri's chametz that is Mutter Bahana after Pesach. The Gemara later proves that Rav Achibar Yalkin retracted his understanding of Rabbi Yehuda's position. So the chametz enthusiast who kept Nachri chametz under his cot and hektish chametz in the closet, which reminds the Gemara brought a brisa that said, Ochel chametz shall hektish, but Moed Ma'al, one who eats chametz of hektish during Pesach, has committed Me'il. And there are those that say that he has not committed Me'il. And one of the five interpretations of the Bryce is brought by Ravachim Rava, who explained in the name of Rav Yosef the Malchokis regarding whether something can lead to a benefit of money is treated as though it's money now. The one who says, the one who eats the chametz has committed me, holds that it's treated as money now, since the chametz of Hektish can be eaten after Pesach and therefore has value. And the Yeshomi holds that something that can lead to a benefit of money is not treated as though it's money now. Therefore, the person did not commit an act of me'ila on something of value. So the chametz enthusiast who kept Nechri chametz under his cot and hectish chametz in the closet could even discern a mashu of chametz in a mixture that did not impart taste. Which reminds us that more presents the opinions of Rav Shmuel and Rav Yochanan regarding the halachas of mixtures containing chametz. All right, now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, wish that they learned that Rav Achim Yaakov initially said that Rabbi Yehuda held that one could eat a Nechri's chametz on Pesach, but then he retracted. That's on Duff. Chavtes. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we discuss kashri came from Pesach, such as knives and wooden spoons? That's on Duff. Lamed. Good. Number three. 
which stuff to be machlok is Rabbi Yezin the Rabban, whether a new oven fired up with a forbidden substance needs to be destroyed or not. That's on Duff. Chavav. Good. Number four. Which stuff do we have a three-way machlok regarding a mixture containing chametz? That's on Duff. Chavtes. Good. Number five. Which stuff do we have that wood that is consecrated for shlamim does not become a chun when one is mal? According to Rabbi Yehuda, who holds meal, does not apply to shlamim. That's on Duff. Chavzayin. Good. Number six. Which stuff do we have a regarding crumbling chametz versus crumbling of a dessert when being thrown into the water? That's on Duff. Chavchas. Good. Number seven. Which stuff do we have a whether pots used for chametz before Pesach need to be broken? That's on Duff. Ahmed. Good. Number eight. Which stuff do we have the mission regarding chametz sha'avar lava Pesach? That's on Duff. Chavchas. Good number nine. Which of you learned that the fact that one must give up his life rather than commit murder is based on the svora of whose blood is redder? That's on Duff. Chavhei. Good. And number ten. Which of you learned that an oven greased with the fatty tail of a sheep, if it's fired up, the bread baked in it subsequently is permitted because the meat flavors in the oven are purged through the firing? That's on Duff. Lama, great. All right, that concludes our pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichur. Wishing you a great day and great learning.